Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for gathering us together today. Lord God, I pray that you word my mouth. You, you give it to them like you gave it to me, Lord. Lord God, we come against any distractions, anything that will try to block the flow of the service. So God, we, we ask that all technology work and that the word comes clearly with power and authority. In Jesus' name. And they all said what? Amen. All right. So, all right. And the scripture says this. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Y'all know if I go to the New King James or the King James, it's, it's serious. So we're going to go here. Scripture says this, and it shall come to pass after it, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant who the Lord calls. Go to Acts 2, 14 through 24. Acts 2, 14 to 24, still in the New King James Version. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, but I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and moon and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being, being delivered by the determined purpose and full knowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. The title of, the, of, of our time together in this message is Of All Flesh. Actually, not of all flesh. On All Flesh. On All Flesh. We're actually going to be living in these two scriptures for the next couple of weeks because next Sunday is Mother's Day. Woo! So I have a message just for the, just for the women of this church. And trust me, you're going to like it. You're you going to like it. You're going to like it. But I'm going to look at particularly the last two parts of the scriptures. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Be saved. So, to get to this point, you, you first got to have salvation. 
And that's going to be the focus of this message. And we're going to dispel this myth, this belief, this ideology that many people have in Christian right here, right now. Salvation is for everybody. What's been happening in the church is that people have begun to put qualifications on, what it, on, on who can even receive salvation. That you have to vote a certain way. You have to look a certain way. You have, you have to act a certain way. You have to fit into this narrow box to even be considered to have access to the kingdom of God. And then you're like, well... <laughs> But that's not the case. And that actually, that thinking, that closed-off thinking, that closed-off ideology is actually opposite of the gospel. <laughs> that, again, that thinking is in opposition to the gospel message. So let's talk about salvation. Go to 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 16. First Timothy 1, 12 through 16. And the scripture says this. We're in the Christian standard now. We're in the Christian standard. You got what's wrong. <laughs> and it says this. I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to this ministry. This is Paul speaking. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. So pretty much, the mission, the mission of the gospel is that everybody comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if you, look at, if you remember the story of of Saul to Paul, that, that, that conversion that happened. Saul, Saul was a mercenary sent to kill Christians. He, he was a Pharisee by teaching, and it, his job was to, was to maintain the teaching of the temple by literally kill awful folk. But then Jesus met him on the road to, to Damascus and literally knocked him off his horse. That's deep. Knocked him, knocked him off his horse and blinded him and said, why, why are you persecuting me? Even Jesus said, as a woman at the well, and when he, when the scripture says, those, those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. When he was, but Jesus even looked at the woman and said, listen, I know you're from Samaria. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. I've come that everybody can know me if I can get this water. So that this is something that we have to remember. We have to hold on, on to even as a church. Because what I love about us and what I've noticed about us during all of our time here, that we tend to get the people that the other churches say can't, can't be helped. The other churches say, oh, you can't. They can't. No, they just, we got to leave them to themselves. But people are wanting a relationship. People want a relationship with God. 
but people make it the mission to block only those they feel comfortable with from having access to the kingdom. Jesus said that he was the what? The way, the truth, and the life. Not us. It is not our job to be gatekeepers to the gospel. It's not our job to, to be, oh, we, are not, we are not holy bouncers. That's not what we do. Our job is to lead people to the knowledge of Christ. So, we, so, so I'm grateful for our mission, and I pray that this is something that we never lose in the entire time that we are a church. I pray that we continue to be the place where, where anyone and I everyone can come into. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's talk about what salvation is. This is a good note taking moment. If you're taking notes, if you're taking mental notes, just blink and, and they snap it in your mind. Salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences. And, preser and preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. So deliverance from sin and its consequences. And preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Go to John 3, 16 through 20. John 3, 16 through 20. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For anyone who does evil hates light and avoids it, so his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. God so Jesus became the sacrifice for sin. So we can have salvation and eternal life. I'm just going to say, salvation is a choice. Salvation is a choice. It is a daily decision. So we go for the people back. Salvation is a choice. It is a daily decision. No one can force you to get saved. No one can force you to find God. You have to make that choice. And even at times, because I mean, like, you know, I've, I've been at this for a while, I've seen this for a while. Like, even at this point in the, in the, in the game, sometimes, and sometimes I'm like, okay, God, did they really make the decision? Or did they just do it for somebody else? And like even even when we get into relationships, we tend to get into what, what are called missionary relationships, where we want to get the other person to know Jesus. And then, but you know, 
but but ultimately it doesn't it doesn't work out it's been very seldom that it actually happens very seldom that 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 person ends up becoming ends up coming to jesus because they really base their salvation off of you and that creates its own level of problems salvation is a choice god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through them. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. It's a choice. It's a decision. Pretty much, it's the choice of, who, of what, you want, what do you want to follow? Who do you want to follow for the rest of your life? We'll see. Who I want to follow? Not yet. We want to follow Jesus. But, but the reality of the world is that there's a lot of people who don't want to follow Jesus. Because what they see in front of them, they, they think they're good. They think they got it. They're all going to be a great person. I'm going to make to get saved. I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus. But the Bible says, well, first, there's none good but the Father. And second, we just talked about this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. None can come to the Father, to the Father but by Him. So I don't care how good, great, awesome, and marvelous you are. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it don't count. If, if you have not made the conscious decision to follow Jesus, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, it don't count. That's the best way to put it. Because even in your goodness, your heart. We always come back to this. I was listening to the Easter message, again, the Good Friday message this morning. Had a person to the, to the podcast you know, that's ordered to do this for tonight. <laughs> I mean, who does a list? <laughs> but but it all, everything we've talked about over the past four months has dealt with the condition of the heart. The foundation of the condition of a godly heart is salvation. And not no emotional time of prayer. I went down the aisle, went down the aisle, and sat with the choir hollering and screaming, and the pastor with his arms out, like, I, like a conscious decision. Yes, that was, that was descriptive, but it's real. A conscious daily choice to follow Jesus. Go to Acts. We're jumping around, because what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Go to Acts 16, 30 to 31. Yes, I, I, I know y'all shot up. how quick. See, you have to preach salvation for an hour and a half. You don't. You don't have to preach salvation. Right? <laughs> nope. Nope. You don't have to do that. 
1630-31. This is at towards the end of the story where Paul and Silas were thrown to prison. They prayed and the chains were loose and the, and the doors opened up and, and, the, and the jailer was about to off himself. And then, and then Paul was like, hey, don't do that. So the jailers escorted them out and he said this. Sirs, this is, this is verse 30. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Romans 10, 9-13 says this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. What the scripture says, even who Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who, who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Salvation and repentance go hand in hand. Repentance means that you are aware that there was a mistake made, a sin happened, you missed the mark. And you're not just asking for forgiveness just for clout, you're asking for forgiveness for change. Repentance leads to salvation, being under the covering and the protection of Jesus Christ. Again, this don't take no hour and a half cartwheel three-week series to break it down. Everyone who knows who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the book of Acts, I believe it's 319 to 20, the Bible says repent and be converted, then the times of refreshing shall come. The moment of salvation is a, is, is a moment of repentance. It requires repentance. You can't just be like, oh, I'm saved, and then keep doing what you're doing, because what you're saying is, okay, I gave this, I gave a part of myself to Jesus, but I'm giving the rest of myself to, to the world, to say whatever you want to call it, to, to, the, to, the, to the opposing force, whatever you want to call it, to myself. When God desires a total relationship, he is not the side piece. He, he's, he's the one. He's not. Like, okay, I got I, I to say this. <laughs> so we had the coronation of, of King Charles and Queen Camilla. And, you know, social media, social media is messy. So petty. They look at the Camilla and they say, you know, side piece, side pieces, just wait. Just hold on. But here's, the, but here's the thing, that side piece still lives in the shadow of the original. And everything that that side piece does is judged by the original. And I ain't talking about Queen Elizabeth, God rest her soul. We're talking about Diana, God rest her soul. Everything that Camilla does will be judged based on what people thought Diana would have done. So let's talk about so let's talk about this. 
when we treat Jesus, when we treat our relationship with God as a side piece, we judge our relationship with God based on what we got, what we have in the world. Because our heart is for the world. world. You worship where your heart is pointed to. And worship is not just a slow song. Worship is how you live your life. You worship what your heart is pointed to, what your heart desires. Because as much as you say you love Jesus, your heart desires everything but him. That's why repentance is necessary for salvation. You have to be able to repentance. You will turn your back from the world, turn your back from the things that are not of God, and chase after God. That's why salvation is a daily decision. Amen? How y'all doing? Remember, remember Jesus at your side piece. That's a t-shirt. Jesus at my side piece. <laughs> We have a list now. Jesus ain't just our peace. Go to Galatians 5, 22 to 26. So we saved all this stuff, but how, how should people, how do people know that we saved? How do people know you saved? That you're saved by your fruit. The result. What's the result? When Jesus, when Jesus, Jesus even told us, you know, you will know them by their fruit, right? So let's talk about what the fruit of the Spirit look like. All right. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self self control. What? Self Control. We say it again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If you live by the Spirit, but let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another. Envying one another. That's deep. Self control. People know. People, that's how people figure it out. And that's been one of the biggest issues that people, because he said people like the world. People got the world don't want to know Christ. Yes, they do. They don't, but they don't want to know the Christ that we that we portray. The Christ that we show them. Because if the things that we do don't produce these things, it's not of God, even a correction. If it doesn't produce any fruit, it's just not the end result, it's not of God. You cannot call yourself a saint. You cannot say, oh, I have salvation if you do not display these things. I'm sorry. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ultimately, we, we talk about love. Love is patience. Love is kind. Love that love does not envy. Envy doesn't boast. Like you know, the whole notion of like after everything else fails, love never fails. We have to be loving. We gotta be. Sometimes loving gotta be happy with an edge on it. 
But we have to show love. We have to show compassion. We got to. Amen. That's the message. Damn, that was quick. Quick and effective. I have to say that five out the mouth. I don't know. Oh, it's too much. I can't do it anymore. So it goes back to the concept of all flesh. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. To get the poor, you have to be saved first. So if you're in the room, if you're watching right now, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I would, it would be wrong of me to preach this whole message but not offer an opportunity. That would just, just be messy. Do all this, all this preaching and stuff, but not offer you the chance to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Someone pray this prayer. I know some people are like, repeat after me. And there's like this whole dramatic moment. We ain't doing that. Just as I pray this prayer, I want you to go inside of your heart. And I want you to ask, ask yourself, how's my, how's my relationship looking? How are things looking on my end? What is my heart pointed to? And this is your opportunity. If your heart's not, not pointed to God, you know what you got to do? Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that to bring clarity on what is this thing we call being saved or salvation? Lord God, I pray right now for every person on the sound of my voice, be it in this present moment or in the future. Lord God, I pray that you anoint them, Lord God, that you protect them in this moment, Lord God, as they're looking at themselves, as they're judging themselves, Lord God. And if, Lord God, I pray that as they pray and as they make that confession that they belong to you. Lord God, I pray that you begin to change the mind and change the heart. So that way this time the repentance sticks. And God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are and what you have done in this place, Lord. Look, I protect them, surround them, keep them in your care, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. So our time together has come and gone. <laughs> Before we go, we'll give people an opportunity to sow into the life of this ministry.